Thank you very much for joining us for episode nine of Geek Down. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is the show where two geeks come together. They sit, they talk, and they try and find where their fandoms intersect. Episode nine, Caitlin. I know. I'm so excited. That's one more than eight. It is one more than eight. But are we, are we going to have a 10th episode extravaganza? I don't know. We should maybe set a higher bar for, for extravaganzas. Maybe, maybe a, l- a little <laughs> bit higher just than, than 10. We, I we mean, made it to 10. <laughs> a 10 whole episodes. Um, but yeah, no, it is pretty exciting. I don't think I've ever, ever done any, except for Zumba. I've never done anything more than 10 times. <laughs> So. It's not that you've done it. It's just every. I always, I always love the fact that the, the klutziest person I know took the most rhythmically intensive like fitness course. I in would the world. just like to say, and the amount of money I would spend, <laughs> cash money from my wallet, to just watch Caitlin McKinnon do Zumba is um, is inconceivable. My teacher has said that I have improved greatly. <laughs> Does but... that mean you did? You made it through a class without catching on fire? Like I don't. <laughs> Um, I think it was more that I uh, stopped looking like a toddler dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I broke Jordan. Oh, God. I just I love it so much. I just love the idea of it so much. Um, Yeah, no, that's what I keep on telling people who are like, really, Zumba? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I need to do something active. And I, you know, I can't dance, but I like to dance, right? I'm very much a white person dancing. It's, you know. um, My reaction is not to undermine Caitlin's efforts at self-improvement. It's just I love the fact that it it would be like me picking, like, I don't know, like rock climbing. Like, it's just, it's, it's the, it's so far left of what I would think like what would fit me like that's I have I have legitimately walked into walls before so like this happened a lot at work I'm also like tables of books and you know this happened a lot so this is why one of the reasons laughing but as I tell people once you get past the fact that you're watching your teacher do it right Mm because they just they make you jump right in there are no like starter lessons you just sort of go so once you get over the fact that when you catch yourself in the mirror it's like one of those videos where like the like a two-year-old thinks they're getting it like they think they're (laughs) popping and locking but they're not like once you you'll catch yourself and you'll be like damn like that's bad (laughs) once you get over that and you get sort of used to that then you just sort of have fun and and you know yell and yeah, and and which try is the most shake important your, part? Shake well, my always worry is that I'm gonna like shake something. It's just not gonna stop ever. Like, <laughs> like it just she's always like you know, yeah, yeah, shake it, and I'm like I don't think I should do that. Perpetual motion is not a myth, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So but I I have fun doing it, and I think that's the most important part. But. Yeah, so besides Zumba, which I don't even know how we got onto that now. I don't know, but it was like the best moment of radio we've had in like four episodes. Um, oh, right. This show. I've done, I was saying that I've only done Zumba more than this show. I don't, as we mentioned, I don't have, well, again, I ha- I do have a hobby. You have hobbies. It is role playing. The role players get so mad when you say um, you don't. When I don't have hobbies. I've done that a whole bunch of times, but I just mean as something I do for myself, I guess. Not in a group. I mean, I guess I kind of do it for you, too. Not really. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. Uh, no, that was just me being... Um, I had a bad week again. Sorry, guys. 
Yeah, that, that I didn't even like really catch any of the sass there because I was thinking like, what's the most what happened to me this week? What was the most important thing that happened to me this week? Oh, I remember the most important thing that happened to me this week. Guess who got their tickets? You got your tickets for two shows at the Hammerstein Ballroom in September. Everyone, Jordan got his tickets. You haven't heard. What, what did I get my tickets to, Caitlin? You got your tickets to Perfume. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Uh, people are like are you excited like are you excited because like the long story it's a short story but so i wrote this book and i was expecting like to get all this money when like the book first came out like relatively speaking more money that at one time than i was ever had gotten to that point and they were going to play new york in november of 2014 and for a number of reasons the mail banks what have you i did not get the money until well after i would have needed it to go to the show so i had to miss them so even now when people are like are you excited i'm like i'll be excited when i'm in my seat like yeah that's how i was with <laughs> with fleetwood mac sorry the look he just gave me yes i am a fleetwood mac I, fan. I get that if fleetwood mac is your jam and you know we're on we're at a point now where you know hey rest in peace to fife dog anybody can go at any time like please don't please don't say that <laughs> Well, why why would you say that? Well, they can. So it's good that you saw. I, well, Mac. that's and, and again, like same thing, like these tickets, the fleet, this was a while ago, guys. It was like a year ago, but the Fleetwood Mac tickets were not inexpensive. Yeah. And I'm not used to spending that much money. And I, I went on my own. Oh, did you? I thought you went. No, with, no. I went on my own because that, that was basically the only way I could afford it. Mm. Um, and it was a big deal because one of the, I'm not going to go into it too much, but one of the people who who hadn't been touring with the band, who was a major part of the band. She had come back, and this is the first time they'd toured together for years. Um, and it was a huge deal. I, I'd like to think our listeners are aware with the roster of Fleetwood Mac. Was it Christine McVie or Stevie Nicks? Yes, it was, it was Christine McVie. Okay. No, Stevie Nicks has always, been, has always played with them, but right. Christine McVie was kind of like, I'm older now, I don't really want to play. I, get, I think she hadn't toured with them for like almost 10 years or something. Oh, really? Um, so, and they, she had said that she was never going to come back. She didn't want to. And then I guess she changed her mind. And it was like this huge deal and i was literally in tears like the entire con every time hey, she opened her mouth to hey sing, listen yeah when tears. christine mcvee plays you get to hear anywhere did they play anywhere yes then that's yeah you have to go and and songbird and that was the big one and I'm, i just like bawled. i'm less familiar with that one yeah i i bawled but so it's sort of the same i get it like it's it's really exciting but i was not really super excited legitimately until i was in my seat and the you know, concert had started and yeah. I was like, this is happening. I'm, I'm doing this. So yeah, I'm going, going two nights. Uh, the first night there was much debate the first night. I think I'm going, I'm doing balcony, which means I can just you know, roll in whenever I want. Having gotten the lay of the land of Manhattan, I do look like we'll have someone going with me who is fine to just do their own thing while I go to these shows and get my life. And, um, which is good because then day two is when I'm doing general admission and we'll be fighting teenagers it's good. To you get got, the front you got of the that weight behind you, so you can just like check them out of the way. Or... <laughs> it's going to be a lot of like side glares. Yeah. And listen, like this is fair warning. This is something that has always bugged me. What makes you think in general admission shows when I have staked out my spot that just because you barge into me and say, excuse me, I have to let you pass? I don't know. I haven't been to a general admission concert for a really General admission shows are the worst. And basically, if it wasn't them, I wouldn't be doing it. Well, that's why I don't go anymore. The last concert I went to that was general admission, this is turning into the music show with Jordan <laughs> and Kate anyways, um, was uh, Florence and the Machine. Oh, okay. Um, and basically, we had we were general admission and we got this 
relatively good spot. You know, I'm not super tall. And honestly, this basketball player came and stood right in front they, of me. I swear, it's like they they just they find you. I'm sure everybody feels that way. It's like, oh, the tall motherfucker got to come and stand. In front but he of me. wasn't just like like a tall guy. He was like six foot. 11 or something it was ridiculous and we couldn't see anything and mm. it was it was awful and then i happened to run in someone to someone that i knew who worked there and he got us into like the balcony oh nice it was amazing and it was saved the show but after that i was like eh, it's not really for me yeah i went to some punk show at the sound academy a couple years ago and we paid like the extra ten dollars to like go up in the balcony which had these little like fold out bleachers and you just sat and you had like a clear unobstructed view of the stage and I'm like yeah. ne- never again I'm just looking down at the crowd like why yeah. wait wait sorry did, where did you say you went to this? was that the sound academy yeah this that, that that was it yeah sound academy is it's the worst sorry. why would anyone have a concert at the sound academy regional talk um, <laughs> very much regional talk sound academy is in the middle of nowhere it has no freaking transit um, the, so the you have to drive or like, take a cab the, but it's, as a concert venue it's not very good yeah for a big crowd, right? So, um, anyways. Sound Academy serves one purpose. When you go there, you can always get that photo of you standing in front of the Toronto skyline. Like, ah, because it's like kitty corner across the lake from the downtown. Um, that's the only reason to go, is to get your, like, touristy photo. But, yeah, I will never... Balcony till I die, the only way I would ever, like, get in a crowd of people mashed up against, like, a barricade is for perfume. And this is one of the reasons why i now really into watching television in my living room, is because <laughs> I don't want to go out and get smushed by lots of strangers. Which is, thank God we have a podcast where we talk about that. Yes, and not music news. Ooh, gonna do this now, because I had to, like, try and finagle it last week. Long-time listeners of the show know we have a very loose uh, policy about spoilers. One of the shows we talk about this week... I'll just say it, Caitlin. As Caitlin always points out, you already know what we're talking about when you see the episode. If you've never seen Puella Magia Madoka Magica and you think you might want to watch it one day, just skip the back half of the show. Yeah, I mean, we always do the spoilers at the beginning of the second half of the show anyways, but there are going to be a lot of spoilers. Might get deep into it a little this week. There's a key moment that happens within the rule of three that... um, that if you've never seen it, it really sets the tone for the second two thirds of the show. Yeah. Um, so if you've if you've never seen it and you think you might want to see it, thanks for hanging. Listen to the news bit, and we'll see you next week. If you don't care to ever watch it, it'll probably be a pretty good discussion. So hang out. Yeah. Uh, only saying that because I like we got pretty deep into Game of Thrones last week, and yeah, it wasn't in the news section. It wasn't in like a review section after the spoiler no, warning. No, it was, it was in, in our news front. section. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just for that. Speaking of news. Yes. <laughs> I like to think everybody loves that. Uh, Batman v Superman is, is, the, out, is the big news. Is out in the world. Yeah. Not the warmest reception from critics. No. Actually, I wrote it down. Uh, it was 30% for critics on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. That's where we are? There's not yep. been any improvement? No. And 74% for audience. Oh, really? Yeah. Which, I mean, I mean, I haven't... It's like day... We're recording this on a Friday this week because of the holiday. It's day... It's been out since Thursday, really. Like it's day yeah, two. Yeah, like yeah, it hasn't been out for very long at all. So we'll so we have not heard any financials. We don't know how it's going to do. But yeah, the first story I saw floating around was like a variety piece saying that like, hey, all the like critic reviews are still under embargo. Here's what like the people are tweeting about it. Yeah, and the people were all like pretty happy about it. All things considered, I don't know. I feel like I I sorry sorry to cut in, no, go ahead. but I feel it 
like like with anything, it depends on what you want from your superhero movie. Yeah, like what you're expecting when you go in. At this point, we know who Zack Snyder is. We know what Zack Snyder does. Whether you feel he should have been handed the reins of this series, universe, what have you. Be that as it may, you know what you're going to get. So, And, I mean... People make a lot of comparisons between DC and Marvel. Um, Marvel has a way of doing... They, they go back and forth between dark and funny, and they do that re- that transition really well. Um, DC, there wasn't really any funny p- bits in Superman. <laughs> like Funny is not... Uh... Funny is not DC's bread and butter by any means. No, and it and it's never been like even. I mean, if you go back to um, early Batman the animated series, right? There was the funny even in that series was not laugh out loud funny. It was more dark humor, right? I mean, since Christopher Reeve's Superman, I don't think DC has ever been. <laughs> happy-go-lucky no um and that's fine if but if people are looking for marvel and dc they're not going to find it so don't go looking for it kind of thing Mm -hmm. um except if it's young justice in which case everyone should check that out but i'm like as usual i just want to go in and have a fun superhero movie it depends really on for me the acting in this case, mm-hmm. Superman was okay. The only issue I had with Superman was there was just a little too much people getting punched through buildings. Just a little bit. And a little too much breaking people's necks. Was there a lot of that? <laughs> I, it was a while ago. I don't remember. Uh, if you haven't seen Superman, you're not going to see Batman versus Superman. But yeah, and you, you'll know this within five minutes if you are. Uh, yeah, no, he like, Zod was like, you better kill me or I'm going to zap these hostages with heat vision. And Superman was like, okay, crack. Oh, good for Superman. <laughs> All the nerds I all went with were like, mm, Superman doesn't do that. Superman, what? Anyways, I guess it's, I, I don't know. You, you know my only problem with, with Man of Steel? What? When they got to put a fucking whale in it. There was a whale? There was a whale. Oh. When you get the flashback of Superman's early life when he like, you know, saved people on that oil tanker or whatever, like yeah, he hadn't really yeah, debuted yeah. and he's like floating in the water and he wakes up underwater. That's cool. That's all you needed. You didn't need the wide fucking IMAX <laughs> oh, shot of oh, a whale yeah. going by. I'm having fucking like night terrors right now just thinking about it. So for people who don't know. Let's get this out of the way. We're episode nine. I feel like this Jordan, is overdue. Jordan is terrified of open water and I, like what's under the I water. I don't like the undersea world no like not at all this is that of any like not even as a joke he actually is terrified no i don't think you'll be funny and start like you know tweeting at me pictures of like sperm whales or whatever you'll i'll block you that's you'll be blocked from the show yeah i once made a joke about something and he was he was upset and i learned my lesson he like didn't talk to me for a week so don't do that it's not funny. We can get into the secret origin of this another time, maybe on our upcoming secret origins uh, episode that will be that will be coming in the next month. Yeah. Um, but I think it's pe- people people always find this very amusing. Listen, I realize it's amusing. Somebody once said to me, "Is like you know you're not going to see a whale just like walking down the street, right?" <laughs> I was like, "Listen, all I'll say is there's a reason why in Pacific Rim, the aliens come from the ocean." Because the ocean is a terrifying we place. Don't know what the hell you. We have no idea what's down there. There's None. yeah. There's a there's a rift in. The universe and space and time in the ocean. That's where it's going to be. Oh, okay. All That's right. where the aliens are coming. Because you know what? It's like they're watching the skies. We're not coming from there. And ain't nobody paying attention to underwater. We'll just hang out down there. And then when it's time, don't say I didn't warn you. Hashtag fuck whales. <laughs> 
Hashtag what? Fuck whales. <laughs> Fuck whales. All right. New hashtag. All right. So anyways, uh, Man of Steel was okay. It wasn't amazing. I don't. I didn't like it as, as much as any of the other Marvel movies I've watched. Um, maybe it is because I really like the mix of humor and drama. Mm. But it wasn't bad either. And I am going to see Batman versus Superman because of, and this is, I think, most people's reason. <laughs> the only thing that had, the only good thing that and critics really had to say about it. Uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Which actually, Wonder Woman is celebrating seventy five years of existence. Is she? Yes, she is. Um, so good timing, I guess. <laughs> you know, having her first silver screen debut, and whatnot. And actually, the, like I said, most people are going to see um, the movie because of Wonder Woman. They did a uh, what was it? Uh, Deadline did a, a Fandango survey. And it was... Uh, it's very scientific. Very scientific. <laughs> but basically, by and large, people were going to see it to see Wonder Woman because she's awesome. And, I mean, I think people are thirsting for it to a certain extent. Like, we have seen Superman and Batman... Several times. ...ad nauseum. Like, I did roll my eyes when I heard... I thought we were going to get away clean in this movie without having to see Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot down again. <laughs> apparently. Again. Apparently not. Apparently... I heard a podcast once say that like Batman is like the Prometheus myth now. Like we all know it. We don't need to see Thomas and Martha get yeah. shot down in the alley again. I don't need to see the pearls fall no. off of her, off of her uh, neck again. No. Wonder Woman has not had remotely as much um, as many a- exposure or adaptations made. Uh, and we did get our first look this week of her and all her thermoscarin. <laughs> Themyscira. Glory, we saw like her, some of the cast and uh, Gal Gadot as well in like the Themyscarin, Themyscarin, garb and weapons and whatnot, uh, which is obviously much more. They're going with, I have not read Azarello's New 52 Wonder Woman. I've heard it's very good. I've heard it leans more into like the mythology, like Zeus is her father, that type of thing. Yeah. All signs point that that is the route they're going with, with the upcoming Wonder Woman movie. And uh, yeah, looks dope love to see a screenshot of well badass looking women the 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 two movies i am most excited for that i've heard anything about in in sort of the dc movie universe they're they're making is the wonder woman movie um which gives me her looking great in some like 1930s get up which i'm like yes the past and (laughs) and and superheroes just what i like um and uh oh i've forgotten it again we were talking about it earlier. Add it to the list of things that <sighs> names Caitlin can't remember. Please tell us the things you do remember about it. <laughs> that it's a movie and it mm-hmm. has all the bad guys. All the bad guys. All Name some of the bad guys. Harley Quinn uh-huh. and Deadshot. Uh-huh. And, oh Just God. rattle off the whole roster. You know, everybody's in Suicide Squad. <laughs> there we go. Suicide. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Uh, the Suicide Squad. Um, I'm really looking forward to that because I'm a huge Harley Quinn fan. But I am excited for these two movies way more than, than this one, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm excited that this one has now come and soon will be gone because that means we will yeah. get other movies. Maybe we'll get my favorite Green Lantern, the only Green Lantern. I'm not having this conversation with you. Which is John Stewart. Um, who is the best Green Lantern? I mean, and the critique here, which will be the critique that will inevitably come to all Marvel movies, I'm sure, is that there's a lot of set piecing that's going to... You, you're not just going to get your Batman Superman movie. This has got to set up, you know, the next 10 years of DC movies. Yes. You've got to make sure there's a nod to The Flash and to, I don't know, Hawkman and maybe Mr. Terrific. God, please, please, Mr. Terrific. So, 
as there's a whole lot of that heavy lifting that has to get done there because this has now got to feed into this is your prelude to the Justice League movie that they're going to do in a couple years. So I think it does suffer for that where something like Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman, I think, will be able to exist on its own. On its own. So, yeah. So I guess I'm excited that it's here. I like superhero movies, but I'm not, you know, thrilled. <laughs> Thank you for fulfilling the purpose you are here to fulfill, Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's seriously. Just, let's just get it moving. I feel like, it, weirdly, this is the most, like, everyone's just kind of like, yay, <laughs> about this movie, right? Hooray. Yay. It's a superhero movie. Uh, as we all know. Well, neither of us have seen it. Caitlin will see it. Uh, Probably the, this weekend. In the near future, perhaps. Um, I'll see it whenever Kaim. Actually, Kaim says I have to drag him to see it. Kaim, Kaim has zero <laughs> interest in this movie. Uh, something I did watch this week, we'll touch on this briefly, just as a follow-up to discussion last week, um, because I have no life. I finished Daredevil. Well done. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Way to not be productive with your time in seven days and watch 13 hours of television. I had a lot of socks to fold. I actually don't. I still have to do laundry. Um terrible terrible the sacrifices i make to bring you people your content we will deep dive this after caitlin has seen it but i will say there were moments in the back half yeah that i got like really amped for oh that made me very excited that i enjoyed a lot more than what i saw at the front um still not a fan of ninjas too bad ninjas play yeah exactly too bad because ninjas play a big role you know as soon as electra shows up there's gonna be ninjas eventually and yeah it did some things well it did some things not well and we can talk about all that once Caitlin has seen it, but uh, definitely worth a watch if you saw if you saw the first season. I think the sort of takeaway is what I said about it last week, which is like no one knew what to expect. Right. The first season, so we were all blown away. Now we kind of know what to expect. If you want it to do something new, which I maybe kind of did a little bit, um, you're going to be a little disappointed. That's if too bad. you like what you got, if you want more of what you got the first season, you will be very happy. Oh, so you don't mean something new as in like, well, probably in both ways, because technically the, 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 what we got, though it was new for Marvel as far as Dark Gritty goes, <laughs> it wasn't new as a story. No, no. Okay. So, so it, it does the same of what it did last season. It doesn't give us a whole new Daredevil. Yeah, it doesn't turn into like a renaissance drama. Like, oh, damn. It did a little more with the legal side of things. That was a criticism I had on the first season where it's just like, you know, part of the part of the hook is that he's a lawyer too, right? Yeah. That kind of got thrown out on the first season. There's more of that in season two. Is there more Night Nurse? Uh, yes. Rosario uh, does play a role. How was the Punisher? Really good. Excellent. What, that storyline was, the problem is that, we're getting into it a little bit. Uh, briefly, Murdoch kind of gets pulled away from like, if you go into the first half thinking that the main point is the Punisher, Elektra shows up and all the hand stick nonsense, kind of, he gets pulled away from the Punisher stuff to go do that. Right. So you get, it's a little frustrating to be like, well, this is the better story. You could have just given me this, you know, it's a Spider-Man three problem where they put like too much. I didn't see Spider-Man three. That was a very smart decision. Um, Thank you. Spider-Man 3 is kind of held up as like the ultimate, like you tried to do too much. Like you did. You tried to do like Harry Osborn as a Green Goblin. You tried to do Venom. You tried to do Sandman all in one movie. Like you could have taken like at least one of those things away. Right. Um, I feel like you could have had just the Punisher because it's a much, I like how they tweaked his origins a little bit and the way they made him relevant to the over overarching plot of the season. All the like, and you know, we know me and ninjas. All the all that stuff could have just 
could have been its own thing or removed completely and I would have been fine. Meanwhile, I, I really like ninjas. You'll be very happy. Great. <laughs> Lots of ninjas. Excellent. And yes, we will deep dive that more as we go. Um, Sorry, I just got a call from my dad. Things are buzzing. Hey, yeah. Mr. McKenna. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else this week you'd like to talk about? Um. Oh, yeah. I'm actually really excited. I started playing um, Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, which should not be confused with Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, um, Star Wars the Old. That's Re- what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's um, really old, isn't it? Star Wars the Old Republic is a MMO RPG something something something. Memorpig. Memorpig, and it came out in 2011, so it's quite old. Um, it is made by Bioware though, and Bioware tends yeah, these... to make games that actually last a really yeah, long time. M- MMOs can go forever if people are still playing them. Yeah, and and just I I just really like Bio Bioware in general. Um, I play lots of their games. I really like them. Um, and I didn't know what to expect with Star Wars. I uh, used to be a WoW player, World of Warcraft. For those of you who don't know, um, many many years ago, I basically had to decide whether I wanted to keep playing WoW or pass university. <laughs> that was basically both from a, a money perspective and from a time perspective because WoW was just a time sink. I could spend hours playing WoW. Uh, for some reason, I really liked the fantasy universe better than my own world. Imagine that. <laughs> Weird. Um, but I've only pay- played it a very little bit, but I've had tons of fun so far. I love having force powers. Um, and that's basically, I mean, these are the kinds of things I get excited about, right? You know, everything else sucks, but <laughs> I found a new video game I like playing. Woo! Woo! Uh, I do understand the appeal of Force Powers. I think I was the only person, uh, one of like five people who really dug the Force Unleashed when it came out. Right. Which was that like, then was canon, now considered canon, now probably is not. I think it still is. Is it? It's basically a story about post episodes three and four, Vader had an apprentice that he sent out to do a bunch of sinister deeds and you played as that apprentice and carried your lightsaber very oddly. Um but super fun game, and as you got force powers, and you know, can lift things and throw them at people and yeah. whatnot. Super fun. And like I said, even as a not the world's biggest Star Wars fan, I remember saying at the time, near the end of the game, you fight Vader, and then there's like a little cinematic where like you smacked his helmet off, and that is just like doesn't matter how much you like Star Wars, if you are a of a certain age, yeah, and Star Wars meant anything to you in your life, the act of like Vader's helmet getting knocked off is like the most badass thing that could ever happen in life like i like almost <laughs> dropped the controller i was like, <gasps> like it's just it's, it's not done well it's, it's speaking of that um so as we know i'm a big fan of star wars the clone wars yes which you have not seen nope um so i'm not gonna talk about that but actually um star wars rebels which is the new television cartoon television series that takes place sort of right not right before but a couple years before um episode one okay or sorry no episode four i get confused episode four uh a new hope yes and they have a moment where darth vader shows up and i was it's a kid show and i was terrified (laughs) like they really did a good job of making vader as terrifying and um scary as he should be yeah and that just it reminds me of that and i was like oh no vader's here (laughs) like i know who vader is but i was still terrified force unleashed totally let you down because there was a moment in like the prelude where like you were playing as vader like fully powered vader just badass like tearing trees out of the ground and throwing it at mechs and stuff and then you know 
because they can't you have to work towards something because it's a video game it's like oh now you're this little twerp who <laughs> has no powers and whatnot anyway well i'm glad you're enjoying that yes it's very exciting anything to dull the pain of our everyday existence <laughs> oh wow now we're both talking about our sad lives speaking of things that make my sad life uh more enjoyable a couple quick uh anime notes that made me happy this week first of which it's not really anything we're talking about but we got our first look at the uh design for the robot in the new voltron series that will be coming ah uh, yes i was uh instructed by a certain kayam a certain kayam not the kayam just a kayam uh the carl to our homers yep to ask you about how you feel about that thing with voltron is oh it started and again when keeping your your appetites whetted for that secret origin episode coming Voltron is like foundational for me in the sense that like when I was like seven and like Voltron and Robotech and shows like that were around, I didn't know they were anime. I just loved how they looked. Right. I loved the big eyes on the characters. I love the way the robots looked. It's just like captivating to me as a child. Didn't know it was anime. Like Voltron is ridiculous. Like Voltron was based. There's another thing like with Robotech where they took two shows and mashed them together. And it's like, it's the same thing. It's just two different generations or something. Right. Voltron as a concept, it's ridiculous. Let's take a bunch of robotic lions and then have them form a giant humanoid robot. Yeah, that actually, when you you just said it like that, that doesn't actually make a lot of sense. That makes no sense. But when you're seven, it's the coolest thing you've ever seen. And I had, um, I've had two versions of the toy in my life. Uh, One one that my parents bought me when I was a child, which was like a plastic cheap piece of junk that I adored. And uh, then friends later on, when I was in like university, (laughs) bought me like... Somebody had like, I think it was around that they tried, they rebooted it once and they put out the toys again and they bought me, uh, they bought me another Voltron. So I am obviously excited to see this. I, for something that means as much to me and like, just like strums that part in my soul so well, I really can't, if you were to ask me what Voltron was about, I couldn't tell you. Right. I just vaguely remember, like it was like He-Man where it was like tech plus medieval. I think you mean it was like (laughs) She-Ra. Shira is my like that is the, basically the first cartoon I remember, and it has, you know how I say X Men made me a feminist. Mm-hmm. I think Shira also made me a feminist. Shira was the first inkling of maybe Caitlyn's a feminist. Man, Shira bummed all of us out on the playground because, uh, like, the toys for the Horde had come out first, like Hordak and all of them. By yeah, the way, Hordak was a playground uh, nickname for me. Nobody call me that now, but. So the toys came out. It's like, oh my god, they're so badass! It's like Skeletor's boss. This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And then to see those characters, we had to all watch Shira. We were kind of <laughs> hey, hey, you watch it, okay? We were, we were kind of bummed out about that. Um, shouts to Bo, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, Bo, his sweet heart cape in his in his porno stash. Oh god, <laughs> Bo was the best. Um, but yeah, I could not tell you what. There was a princess and they were fighting aliens or something with their giant robot. That's vaguely all, all I can remember. I thought you were talking about Shira for a second. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's about right. That's basically And then you said Shira. robots. And I wait, that's not quite right. But yeah, no, it's like all of it's all the Flash Gordon um, descendant stuff, right? Yeah, it's, it's like space. science plus fantasy plus. Yeah, space plus fantasy. Even Star Wars. The reason Star yeah. Wars was made because it, George Lucas couldn't get the rights to make Flash Gordon. Truth bombs. Knowledge darts. <laughs> Caitlin McKinnon. <laughs> That's right. So yes, this is a Netflix has, has dusted this off because it's what Netflix does. And hey, bringing more stuff to the kids side of things, which you yes, should love. Yes, I'm very excited. Um, this is a co-production of Netflix and DreamWorks. Um, so we got our first look at the robot. It's basically, all, it, it looks like the robot. <laughs> you know, they didn't give him like an extra arm or anything, so it's cool. That's good. No tail though. 
Uh, no. That's the tail weird. of the black lion should fold down into the back, if I remember. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> and this will be co-produced by, uh, her name is Lauren Montgomery and Joaquin Dos Santos, and they are both uh, veterans of the DC animated world. Um, as well, Dos Santos has done work on Avatar and Korra, which made a lot of people go, <gasps> I've never seen either of those shows. I'm sure if Kayam ever got... I'm this- sorry, what? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, apparently it's not just Kayam who will make me watch these things. Nope, never seen Avatar, never seen Korra. You haven't seen Avatar? Nope. I Are we going to get it to a 10th episode? That's the question, folks. <laughs> the podcast is over now? Oh my... There are two people in the world, Jordan, mm-hmm. the people who have seen Avatar and mm-hmm. the people who haven't. I would be in the second. Yeah. And therefore are a lower class of being. How dare you? <laughs> and uh, OK, I think I need to rewrite my plan for what you're going to be watching. <laughs> the list is getting edited. Um, for people like Caitlin who have seen it, that should be very happy news for them. For people who have not seen it like me, I'm just like, yeah, I guess that's cool. I don't remember when that's going to be hitting... Uh, our screens, I believe some preview footage is hitting the convention circuit right now. Uh, so yeah, cautiously optimistic. Well, that's good. I'm excited that you're excited. I mean, you know, cautious, cautiously optimistic excited, which is a different type of excited, but still. What is more exciting for me this week and what the news that hit yesterday and promptly uh, blew up my anime group to the point where people were saying like, okay, we already know, like, stop, stop posting it. <laughs> Because it got posted that many times in that quick succession. You, you guys can't see my face. I was making an E that's not a good face. Beloved six episode slice of insanity, FLCL, or Fooly Cooly, or Fudikiri, whatever you want to call it, is getting two more seasons. Uh, I had to get Jordan to tell me about this because he was very excited and I didn't know what he was talking so about. So this was originally a six episode, what they called back in the day. I don't even think they do this anymore because there are no direct-to-video options anymore but back in the day they used to get anime three ways it'd be movies tv series or what they called ovas which were original video animations basically just meant like a straight to video like mini series oh okay they did that a lot right yeah Yeah. especially in the 80s and 90s so this was a ova that was done a co-production of gynax who did evangelion and later did gurren lagen and other beloved shows and production ig which i believe Worked mostly on films like Ghost in the Shell and things like that. This was a co-production of the two of them. I thought I'd heard once that this was just a show for them to like test out their new computer suites. <laughs> like, oh. well, we've done cell animation up to this point. Now we have all these computers. Let's make something to so we can figure out how it works. And that's why one of the reasons why Fooly Cooly is so insane. Uh, it's basically a show about a boy who is in a small town and he's bored. And one day a quote-unquote alien shows up on a Vespa scooter, smacks him in the head with a Rickenbacker base, and then... Uh, robots start coming out of his head. I See, I just think that sounds like anime. <laughs> because anime. Because anime. It's a puberty metaphor. So this show is insane. Um, I believe it like ended like the careers of three voice actors. Oh, really? <laughs> no, there is a show that did do that. But just it's so fast paced and the in jokes are so deep. Like the localization was one of the hardest things that was ever done with this show because there were so many in jokes that they had to try and find like equivalents for for a North American audience, it will switch from like fast paced animation to like a manga page to like South Park cardboard cutout style animation, like to the robot that comes out of his head, eats the boy and then poops him out later. Um, and, and for okay. anyone, I think I read 
somewhere that the director wanted to make it look more like a commercial, like he didn't want it to look like anime. Like that's why it's so like fast paced and crazy. Um, yes. And also it's the only reason anybody in North America knows beloved J rock band, the pillows, because the music in FLCO is above reproach. It's fantastic. So yes, it, and it was a super popular hit on before adult swim was a network and was just like that block from like midnight till 3am on the yeah. cartoon network. FLCO was one of like the foundational shows that they aired during that block, along with like Cowboy Bebop, and those are now the only ones I can, I can remember <laughs> from that block. Um, it's it's Adult Swim who is co- fronting the money. Adult Swim, Toonami, Cartoon Network, what have you, are fronting the money to make two more seasons. Only 12 episodes. It's going to be six episodes per season. So I don't know anything about the plot or the staff. Uh, if any of the staff is returning, uh, it looks like it's going to be mostly new characters. Uh, Haruko, the alien girl will be uh, making her way back to the show as a character but as far as staff voice actors don't know anything about it uh, and it looks like it will air in 2017 so that all sounds really interesting um, I'm interested to know um, the anime when did it originally come out uh, the original anime I believe came out in 2001 that's a long it's a long yeah, time it's a long ass time ago this show came out and so do you know if sorry are, are, the, are the same like production team going to be we don't know anything about that um, 2000 2000 it was released yeah OVAs used to kind of get released monthly or like in three volumes um, um babies have become men in that time. Yes, I believe this is why none of the characters, because FLCO was originally like a puberty metaphor. Um, obviously, our main characters probably don't need to be in the show anymore. Um, what we do know of the brief uh, plot synopsis that we have, actually, I guess I could just read it to y'all. What we know of the new season is as follow. Uh, many years have passed since Nauta, who was our main character, and Haruko, who's the alien, shared their adventure. Meanwhile, the war between the two entities known as Medical Mechanica and Fraternity rages across the galaxy. Enter Hidomi, a young teenage girl who believes there is nothing amazing to expect from her average life until one day when a new teacher named Haruko arrives at her school. Soon enough, Medical Mechanica is attacking her town and Hidomi discovers a secret within her that could save everyone, a secret that only Haruko can unlock. So it looks like they're going to flip to a female protagonist yep. on this show. Um, I hope that doesn't mean the robots come out of anywhere. Inappropriate? Yeah puberty metaphor and all oof don't do it don't do it anime it's it's nice to know that the first thought you have is oh no they're gonna do something inappropriate <laughs> they're gonna make the robots anime. come out of her junk oh god <laughs> because anime <laughs> yeah hopefully they don't um but yeah it'll be interesting to see and i'm guessing at some point i will get this to watch possibly yeah i mean i've <laughs> i haven't given it to you because i mean if utana was too much for you FLC will be like, Woo. but I mean, Utena. I, I mean, I don't know. It's just I just looked at the back, and it actually seemed kind of interesting. And Utena, part of the reason I couldn't watch it was because it was not very well made. I just <laughs> well, it was so. Hopefully, with the, the you know them testing out a new type of animation and doing interesting things with the story, will very help. gorgeous to look at. It's very it's very well made. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, file that away. Who knows? Maybe you'll get that next week. Um, that's all I got. Okay. I think I think we can possibly move on to the second part of the show. Then that is what we will do. Friends, we will take a short break and we will get back into the reason you are all here when we come back. See you soon. 
Hey friends, welcome back to the show. Um, this is the moment where we move into the things we brought each other to talk about this week. Um, but first, the uh, break that we just had where that little bit of music was playing, that's where possible commercials would go if we had any. Yeah, we haven't talked about this in a while, but uh, yeah, uh, give us money. <laughs> no, no, give us commercials so Caitlin can practice her commercial voice. Yeah, you don't have to give us money. We are more than happy to uh, serve as your Serve as the community notice board of the uh, nerd podcasting community. Yeah, we if could do that. If there's something in the Toronto area or any area. Or the Hamilton area. Or the Ham- Yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton, get on this. You have, you just, she's right here. I'm right here. She's repping you till she dies all the time talking about Hamilton. How can I become Jennifer Hale if you guys don't give me a chance? I don't know who that is. Oh, you will. We'll talk about <laughs> it soon. <laughs> all right. Um... Yeah, by all means, if there's something you want us to plug in that space, you can let us know what that is by emailing us, geekdownpod at gmail.com. And we'll get to all the other ways you can reach us at the end. Yeah, didn't mention any of that at the top of the show, but it's fine. We'll get to it at the end. We'll get to it at the end. All right. So, what? What? how do we start? Oh, right. We start with rules. Rules. Rule number one. Um. No. Oh, crap. It's gone. No. Hold on. Uh. The rule of three. I, I was going to say it, but it was just more fun oh, no. watching you walk your way around to it. Uh, is something else to add to the list, Jordan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even remember the rules, the rules on her own show. Her own show. That she says every week. I told week. you, this is probably some sort of uh, mental illness yeah, thing this I've is been a, going. This is a medical issue. <laughs> yeah, it's a medical issue. The rule of three. If it is a comic series, TV series, mini series, any series, anything that runs on installments, you have to give it three of said installments you can definitely watch more episodes than three episodes but you at least have to give it um three have to give it three rule number two is no tipping of the hand caitlin and i have no idea what either of us thought of the thing we were asked to watch this week because we don't talk about it until we sit in front of these microphones which is unbelievably hard to do but we do it for you we do it for you third item mentioned briefly at the top of the show uh which is um spoiler alert like serious spoiler alert this week especially perhaps we don't go out of our way to spoil things but if it is necessary to the conversation which i believe in this week it is yeah it will come up so if you do not want to know anything about the things we are talking about you are given your ample warning right now to peace out and to possibly have some sort of cheese sandwich some sort of um food product made of pasteurized milk solids or uh, a brewed water drink of some kind are you talking about tea yeah <laughs> um i would suggest maybe like a nice earl gray uh depending on what day you're that's what you're feeling today you're feeling uh, yeah. earl gray? i think i think i want i want some some earl gray classics um, uh but definitely yeah maybe even a grilled cheese with bacon uh, those are pretty good. Fancy though, pants. Though you might want to do some Zumba after, because <laughs> or else your arteries will be clogged. Hitting the Zumba. Yep. So this week we are going to start with the thing that I brought Caitlin this week. This is a, again, kind of going off of. So we know she loves Sailor Moon. I do. I am. It. You were talking about how um, Voltron was sort of a fundamental part of your childhood. Sailor Moon absolutely was of mine. Loves that Sailor Moon. Took a swing with a subsequent project by some of the team who did Sailor Moon. It was a miss. It was a miss. So we're trying that again, not with the staff, but with the genre. Brought Caitlin a magical girl show. This is a show 
That was done by a studio called Shaft, which came out in 2011. Uh, it was 12 episodes long. It aims to be a deconstruction of the magical girl genre. The elevator pitch is that it's if Sailor Moon met Evangelion. It takes all the tropes of the magical girl genre and tries to like turn them on their head a bit and like invert them. And Caitlin McKinnon, what did you think of Puella Magi Madoka Magica? I wasn't expecting to like it. Uh, it starts out very much like a typical magical girls um, show. Yes. And then the third episode then the happens. Thing happens. Okay, brief yeah. plot synopsis first. So this is about Madoka, who is a, I believe she's an eighth grader. Yeah, though eighth grades in Japan, I don't think they translate the same way. Yeah. Um, it's, it should be said, I believe this would technically be considered moe, which is a style, an art style um, in anime and manga where like, even though they might be teenagers, they're drawn to look a little younger in an effort to make it look cuter. It's a, right. Admitting Moe kind of creeps me out, so I don't learn much about it and I kind of <laughs> avoid it. Um, but I believe this would be, as an art style, would be considered Moe. Um, um, and, and she's got cute pink hair. She's got cute pink hair. She is a student at another one of these unbelievably beautiful uh, high school campuses that apparently exist in alternate Japans. But thankfully, it's not... Sorry, that the story does not have to do with the academy itself. Yeah, the school, she the just school happens has, to go to school. She's a kid. She goes to school. That's the school she goes to. The school is not a major part. She has friends. She's hanging out. Um, she is at the mall one day and discover is called to by, in the tradition of magical girls, a cutesy-wootsy little animal who is, for some reason, being hunted by uh, a woman, a girl named Homura who is a transfer student to her school, who has arrived that day, and discovers this creature named Kubei, who was like a weird space rabbit-looking thing. Um, I believe I've written down fucking creepy bunny cat cloud demon. Sure. That's accurate. Intentionally meant to be like saccharinely sweet-looking. Like, it's it looks that way on purpose. To look so cute it's off-putting type of thing. So as Madoka is called to by this creature... Uh, she inadvertently wanders into the realm of a witch, which is what the uh, antagonist monsters in this show are called. So Madoka and her friend Sayaka are both saved from the witch's lair by a third girl, an upperclassman named Mami, who is a magical girl. She transforms in front of them. She defeats the witch. And following this event, Kyubei makes the offer to Madoka to make a bargain with him to become a magical girl. And it kind of plays out from there as Madoka learns more about the witches and why they exist and what Homer's deal is and why she's so dark and off, off-putting and whether or not she will make the decision to become a magical girl. Because as we discover, in exchange for becoming a magical girl, you can get any wish you want granted to you. That's the deal. Kyubei grants whatever wish you want, but you have to become a magical girl. And become by becoming a magical girl, you have to fight witches. Yes. So as I was saying, it was it was it was 
good. Like I was enjoying it. And I what the the thing that struck me first that was interesting was that um in the first episode, she does not Madoka does not become a magical girl. Like no. Sailor Moon, first episode, yes. she's Prince Princess Serena, possibly, um, but definitely a Sailor Scout, and she goes and fights a monster right away. Yes. So the first second episode, she doesn't become a magical girl. And uh Sayaka also gets the offer of becoming a magical girl. She doesn't write. Does he make it to both of them, or does yes. it make it both to both of them he right does, away? He does make it to both of them right away. Um, and so there is a interesting um, parallel, sort of. Will they make the decision? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, of course, that's made immediately clear is that making the decision is a big deal. It's not like again, Sailor Scouts or something where you're just sort of. You, you don't have an option. There yes. is a choice to be made. And one of the things about Homer specifically is she seems very invested in ensuring that Madoka does not make, make this decision. Make this decision. Whatever her reasoning is, she does not want to see Madoka or Sayaka become magical girls. Yeah. And then, of course, third episode is the turning point. So first episode is a setup where you meet all the characters and whatnot. The second episode is basically to learn more about what being a magical girl means and what that entails and whatnot. And then, In the third episode, they go along with Mommy on one of her missions. And, and it becomes all like funhouse mirrors on you. Like it goes kind of crazy but in a good way it's like it's like that thing in like game of thrones where like the second you see anybody happy in game of thrones like you know there's something wrong this shit ain't gonna be good so basically there's this catalyst moment and madoka basically has decided she's going to become a magical girl and mommy's really happy about this she doesn't make the wish right there but she she says you know after this i'll make the i'll figure out what my wish is and i'll become a magical girl and we can fight (laughs) witches together forever team friendship yes mommy's very happy because she won't have to fight she's been fighting alone for so long and she's been going through this experience alone solitary and she's very excited that she'll have people with her and she'll never be alone anymore and she's fighting this witch and everything's going swimmingly and then the witch bites her fucking head off and the witch transforms into a giant rainbow colored snake and decapitates her it and it's one of those moments where you you go that because it, it, it looks very much like a um better drawn Sailor Moon like it's it's mm. the animation's a little bit better it's a little bit cleaner it's a little bit brighter and then all of and it's very like I said I also I once said it was like it, it looked like a hot topic like yeah like this witch especially is like oh centers around like cakes and candies no, and the, the witch the witch realms are a whole other I have that already <laughs> okay, get to that's that a, a whole other thing but yeah it it everything looks like sort of it's it also kind of reminded me of Card Captor Sakura. Like it, yeah. It, that's another foundational magical girl show. And it has that like the ruffles in the right place and the mm-hmm. bows in the right place. And then a character dies, and it's not just a character that you think might not be around for a while. She's in the intro, like the intro images. Like it's the three of them on the top of a tower, <laughs> all as magical girls. Not anymore, Nate. Did you? Um, and you're just sort of like you, like you have no expectation that yeah, this is going to happen it's really smart the way it throws that at you and then it just keeps coming <laughs> like crazy shit keeps on happening and basically i i watched i think five or six episodes and mm. i am desperate to watch the next one <laughs> Woo! like de- and and some of the even some of the writing like i i like it i like that they don't tell you a lot and you do slowly discover with 
um, with the main character, Madoka, like you, you do discover more and more and mm. are kind of horrified as you go along. Um, but then there's some writing I, I don't like. Like it is very anime-ish. Mm. Weirdly, background characters, Madoka's mom is the best. Uh, which I just realized again, like did a real subtle thing because I watched the first because I hadn't been a while since I watched it. I watched the first three episodes. Should be said it's on Netflix and should also be said this is one of the first shows that brought me back to anime. Right. Like, I was out on anime for a long-ass time. I was like, the tropes are too much. It's doing the same thing. I can't watch Shonen anymore. Like, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. And then when I discovered the world of uh, streaming online video, because when I moved um, to the Poly Pocket, one of the expenses I was looking to cut was cable. So I was, like, playing on Netflix and Crackle, which I always said is, like, the bargain dollar bin of like <laughs> on streaming online video. Like, if you want to watch Sanford and Son, go to Crackle. Uh, but Crackle had a shit ton of anime on it and had this show, Madoka, which I'd heard about. And I binged it completely. And I was like, oh, my God, anime is like good again. Yeah. Um, and really subtly and the pilot does this thing where like, go wake your, hey, Madoka, go, her dad's like, go wake your mom up. And the mom is like getting ready for what looks to be a very important job. Yeah. And then she leaves and the dad stays home. Yeah. <laughs> which the kids. is something you, I mean, it's, they don't bring a big like they don't make it a big deal they, they don't ne- make it any deal yeah they they it just the dad is a stay-at-home dad and but the mom is just she gives her daughter actually legitimately good advice mm. which is really d- different um in anime especially the parents are very much like you never see them except yeah. if they're yelling at them about yeah. homework or something um but she's actually that both her parents are an active part of her life she goes to them for advice she can't really tell them about you know the magical world of witches and magical girls but she does sort of ask advice about things and they give relatively good advice and i her mom's great she drinks a lot (laughs) she wants to be the ceo she and the dad talks about his admiration for his wife's drive um and all of that's really cool just as a background part of the television show and then we sorry we briefly mentioned i'm just thinking about the different parts of the show that i liked um you mentioned that the witches so when they go to fight witches they step into a realm which is called uh the witch's labyrinth and it it is basically a Dada-esque nightmare. They changed the animation style, which is apparently something Shaft is known for. It's like a trademark of them is mixing animation styles in their shows. Yeah, and it, it is Dada-esque. It's very surrealist. Like you said, they're like little cakes dancing around. And then even at the beginning, um, like the first one they sort of stumble into by accident, there are all these butterflies. And you're like, oh, that's so pretty. Actually, they're evil fucking butterflies. And they're like eating shit and attacking them. And, and even like um you know it's going to be a little bit different because uh mommy again at the very beginning she has all these guns come out of things and <laughs> like, like single shot rifles that she's just like yeah yeah um using and and that's a lot of fun but they they really it gives you the way dadaism gives you sort of kind of an unsettled creepy feeling mm. that's what they've done and you kind of know that things are not quite right um from do that thing where like yeah where like it freezes on the witch which but are like i can never tell like what a witch looks like even though they should they give you like a full screen shot of it and bring up those like weird runes yeah to like say what the name of it is which are translatable apparently by the way people have gone through and translated all these they're they're in german right yeah some of them some of them are based on germanic names yeah yeah i can't ever like tell what they look like (laughs) they're always like the like physically they're like anatomically they just look weird they're off they're very off-putting 
right. in the way they look. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like the, the, the dark character who is trying to beat up on the, on the little rabbit demon. Homura. Homura. She tries to warn them. She obviously knows more than she's saying, knows more than, than even maybe, um, uh, Kubei knows like there, there's obviously something she going. definitely does there's definitely something going on there um so i think it's i think it's i think you're one episode away from her her backstory oh really and that's a moment where i was like oh you fuckers <laughs> like that's the way it plays well, her deal and why she is the way she is, is well i got to the part so again spoilers spoilers spoilers, spoilers please if you're interested in the show it's all about being surprised so yeah absolutely stop listening um i got to the episode where you find out that they don't actually have bodies anymore and everyone every single one of the magical girls is like what the fuck are you talking about so and this Kube is where is like, this is where sayaka has become a magical girl she, okay so sayaka um to heal somebody else she heals a friend of hers that she's also sort of in love with kind of like a stupid girl thing to do and homura yep. is like you're an idiot <laughs> and you don't know why she's she you know um sayaka is all like you know oh i'm not going to regret this wish and and Homura is just like you you just don't know you don't get it it takes becoming a magical girl and turns it into a Faustian bargain type yeah, thing where yeah. you, you have literally sold your soul yeah for this um and basically after getting advice from her mother Madoka takes what is the the physical um what do they call them soul gems or I think they're called soul gems soul yeah. eggs or whatever basically and the equivalent would be like that one that they hold up in Sailor Moon when they're going like you know Mars power make up and it's the thing they hold up to transform. This is the thing they hold up to transform. I would love to see you dub a Sailor Moon. Shut up. <laughs> um anyway, so she she like throws it away and Sayaka drops Sayaka, dead. She drops dead. She turns like she's just gone. And then they're, you know, and and uh Kubei, the little demon rabbit terrifying creepy thing is like oh yeah obviously you guys don't have bodies anymore and they're all like what are you talking about and they're all freaking out the only one who knows is homura 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 and she like books off she instantly books to, to try it, right? to try like it gets thrown into the back of a of a, a truck, truck yeah. um and she's like books after it and brings it back in time all all of those parts i really enjoyed some of the writing i didn't but I, I really want to know what happens. Mm. I'm actually really interested. I love the way how they've flipped everything on its head. Again, that becoming a magical girl is not just getting a magic cat to tell you you are a long forgotten princess. Mm. It's, a, it's, it's a deal. And it's probably not a good deal. And the thing that makes Kubei so maddening, he's not evil. He just has no emotions. No, and he and it's he, just like fact. It's like, well, yeah, obviously. Why are you so upset? Like, yeah, and he. Keeps I gave on, you your wish. Like, I don't get it. He keeps on obviously trying to tempt Madoka into becoming a magical girl, and I'm like I said, I'm like five or six episodes in, and Madoka still isn't a magical girl. He can sense that Madoka would become the most powerful magical girl. Yes, in and the he, world, and he says that a couple times, even to um, Sayaka. He's like, "Yeah, you're not that powerful." Madoka, on the <laughs> other hand, is super powerful. You should get her to become a you're, magical girl. You're cool. We can always use. You know, it's always cool to have more magical girls around, but Madoka's the one we really want. Yeah. So and and you wonder, and a couple times she's almost made the wish, and Homura's like, "You're a moron!" <laughs> like without yelling, she just wants to like slap her. I think, mm. and it's it. That's a very 
that's all very interesting as well. The fact she still isn't a magical girl, even though all the title credits, all the images is her of having a dress pop yeah, out of her body. And... They, there's, they troll you with the opening credits because oh, yeah. when you watch the first episode, you see like the traditional like... She's klutzy. She's running around like it's taking all those Sailor Moon tropes. And it's like, yeah. it's like but she does. You you see her outfit like in the opening credits. So yeah. you think you're getting it like within two episodes and your episode six. And mild spoiler, it's going to be a lot more before, if at all, that you see. Yeah. And that's that's fascinating. That is really that someone sat down and went like, how could we totally flip this on 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 its head? And they've done that. And I'm totally entranced. I was like, I, I was had to go to bed like hours ago, and I was like, uh, one more episode. Oh, that's dope. That, yeah. that's the that is the sign of of, of that I made a good call. Uh, should say for the people as well, twelve episodes. It's on Netflix. Uh, they did do the old movie adaptation thing. Yep. So maybe I, I maybe could have. I prefer the series to the first two movies. They made three movies. The first two are a compression of the TV series, and the third one is an entirely new sequel. So if you get to the end and you're like, oh, my God, and you want more, uh, Madoka Magica Rebellion, I think, is the third movie, um, which will play out what happened after the show. There is rumblings that they're going to do more. Like I said, this is this is not based on a manga. This was a original anime that they made. Go to your local bookstore. You'll see a bajillion Puella Magi, insert name, Magica books and what have you there's been a ton of quote-unquote expanded universe type stuff of all the like other people cubase made deals with and how that played out but the 12 episodes or three movies are more than enough to get you through very happy you liked it as much as you did yeah kind of thought you would because it takes things you like like magical girls and and i didn't like i i of course i didn't go to the wikipedia page or anything like that um, when I was wanting to know more about it afterwards and I saw what did it say it said horror in there and the it was like anime drama oh, genres, yeah. horror I was like yeah yeah no that's it that fits that's definitely there's definitely some horror in there yep and uh, I think that's that's what makes it really interesting yeah I always say if you can get through at the start of the show the first thing you see Madoka has this like dream vision of essentially the world ending and Homura fighting battling a witch um, and even the way that's done, I always say, if you get through that and you don't want to watch the first episode, it's probably not for you. But yeah. I think that first like five minutes gives you everything you need to know about where the show is going to go, opposed to where you think it's going to go. Anyway, kick punches. Kick punches. Um, I definitely give it a solid eight. Solid eight. Eight out of ten kick punches. Dope. I will say. Yeah. We will have to follow up on this after you see the third movie. Okay. Some people will say Homer did nothing wrong. Yeah. I am not one of those people. Oh, okay. That actually makes it really interesting. <laughs> um, I think I would have given it more, except there are some issues I have with the just the writing in general mm. that I just didn't like. Um, and they they do a lot of stuff in anime where they explain all their reasoning for something. Yeah. Like all their emotions. Info dumps. I just, I, I don't like that stuff. I think it drags it down a lot. Sometimes um, you can show without telling. Yeah, exactly. And especially with anime where, you know, everything is can be so expressive. Um, so yeah. But yeah, no, definitely check it out. If, just if you're a fan of like interesting cartoons, not even animes, just absolutely check it out. Cool. Awesome. Works for me. Great. Go. So this week, speaking of cartoons, I brought Jordan something and I brought it to him because it wasn't it wasn't like it was my top pick, but I did really like it as a cartoon. 
it was Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes exclamation point. Very important. Um, not to be confused with Avengers. What was the other one? Uh, Assemble. Assemble. That show is shit. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. So Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, um, it aired from September 22nd, 2010 to May 5th, 2013. There was two seasons, 52 episodes. It got canceled to make way for Avengers Assemble, which is bullshit. Um, and like I said, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the same level as Young Justice. No. Um, but I did really like it. It's not. You know what? Just hold your horses, okay? <laughs> I'm going to give some background. All right. It is a Marvel and Disney um, production. Um, it was an, debuted on Disney XD and uh, online with a 20-part micro series, which is something that they've done a couple times. And th- really, there was not super anyone noticeable as far as like writing production um i think stan lee is one of the executive producers but he sort of i recognized i recognized a couple names yeah and and one of the big ones is christopher yoss yes that was the name i recognized. yeah he was the head writer he um for those who don't who don't know he's been a marvel writer for ages um he worked on thor the dark world um and a whole bunch of other things but he's sort of the most notable of the sort of creation writing team Mm -hmm. now the big thing about this and unfortunately you like you said you don't know anything about her and you wouldn't have gotten there anyways but basically one of my favorite humans on the entire planet voices captain marvel who shows up later in the series mm-hmm. um which is jennifer hale at the beginning the... what else has she done the name's familiar oh i have a list here but i was just gonna say <laughs> at the beginning it basically is the standard avengers team I think the only difference from what people have seen in the movies is Wasp yes. is there and Ant-Man is there from the beginning as well. So it's Wasp, Ant-Man, uh, Hank Hulk- Pym, Ant-Man. Sorry, yeah, no, Hank Scott Lang. Sorry, Han- Hank Pym, Ant-Man, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America. Am I forgetting anyone? Oh, Green Guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? I have a lot to remember. <laughs> oh, crap. Now I've broken them. The green guy on the Avengers. Um, He's incredible. The Hulk. Thank you. There you, know you go. Such a jerk. <laughs> All right. The Hulk. It's So your standard team, later on, they get the addition of Captain Marvel. And I personally feel that's when it gets really, really good. Black Panther's in there. Oh, yeah, sorry. And, and T'Challa, Black Panther is also in there. My mistake. And like I said, basically Jennifer Hale plays Captain Marvel. Jennifer Hale um, most famously voiced Femshep. Oh, okay. This is from BioWare's Mass Effect. I find it weird that people say Femshep, there is no other Shepard. Um, <laughs> there is only female Shepard. And uh, she's also played, like, going as far back as Carmen Sandiego, she she played Ivy from Carmen Sandiego. She did Felicia Hardy in the 1990s uh, Spider-Man. She played Carmelita in The Tick. Um, she played uh, Harley in Biker Mice from Mars, which is another one of my favorite shows from when I was a kid. She did Mallory McMallard. She's done Voices on Samurai Jack. Um, she played Avatar Kiyoshi. So she's Avatar. she's out here. Um, and um, in the she won she basically um won a record or got a record in the Guinness World Records of having of being the most notable 
um, voice actor in video games. <laughs> um, she's done t- like tons of them. Like the list just goes on and on and on. So she's worked tons. Um, basically, she's just a fantastic and she's an amazing voice actor. And she happens to be Captain Marvel. Um, but that's all besides the point, because really what it needs to come down to is, Jordan, did you enjoy it? You know when you go <laughs> oh, no. to, like, the Asian mall, and you see those, like... Like Pacific Mall? Yes, okay. or, like, the Dragon Center in Chinatown here, uh, more downtown, and you go to, like, the toy kiosk, Yeah. and they'll have those, like, it'll be like a box of toys, but it's clearly, like, stuff people grabbed from the factory and threw in another box, mm-hmm. so it's, like, Spider-Man and a Transformer and shrek and they're all on something called like super team but it's not spider-man it's like spider hero yeah or green ogre yeah and and switching robot like they don't have the actual names Mm -hmm. that's what this show felt like to me um maybe it's because of the three episode rule but maybe and to be fair i was pressed for time i only got to the first three it's pretty loose with the storytelling like the team was nowhere near to being formed by the time I got to, I basically got a scene with Iron Man. Uh, I don't know who is voicing oh. Iron Man, but he ain't no Jennifer Hale. Oh, I remember. Okay, so now it's coming back to me. It's been a little while. At the beginning, they sort of focus on each character. They do yes. a little bit of or- origin-y type stuff. Kind of. Iron Man exists. Uh, I believe what I read was that Captain America shows up later in the classic Captain America. They find him in the ice type thing. Yeah. There is an overarching plot there, which is seemed reminiscent of um brian bendis's new avengers book which i think would have been out around the same time which involved a prison break and the avengers forming because of this prison break right there are all these different superhero prisons that shield is maintaining the raft the big house the boat <laughs> not the boat, <laughs> the boat the raft is the boat <laughs> Sorry, um that's... the vault you know like yeah. uh, and all these super villains are being held and um I think Hydra is the overarching big bad of the season, from what I saw anyway. Right. It's all their robots in the opening credits. Uh, terrible opening theme song, but I will let that pass. It's a show for children. <laughs> um, but yeah, first episode was all Iron Man. Second episode is Hulk, uh, Hawkeye, and Black Widow, uh, which had some light, you know, espionage type stuff and double turns and things of that. Um, and then the third episode was Ant-Man, the Wasp, and Black Panther shows up at the end. Uh, did like the third episode the best. Like you said, having the wasp there is dope. You don't see her enough in much of anything. No. Uh, I like that she was there. I like the dynamic they had where like, like we said, this is before any Avengers team. So Hank Pym as Ant-Man just kind of wants to do a sciencey thing. He doesn't want to get involved in like yeah. stopping crimes or anything. And that, and that does become a bigger thing later on in the series. And the wasp is like, no, we have these powers. We have to do this. Like it's our responsibility sort of thing. I liked that conversation that they were having. I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's not something you usually see. And it's, it's a very traditional Western show for kids. Right. Um, which does lean into some of the more sophisticated storytelling that you see on something like Young Justice. It's a little few and far between for me, at least in the first three episodes I saw. As we go along and more characters come in and the things get a little more, I'm making a fingers entwined gesture <laughs> with my hands. <laughs> Um, as the plot threads start to tie together more, it looks like eventually they're going to revolt on S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of seems like jerks. 
um, in this show? It, again, three episodes is really hard. Though, if you remember, if you recall, when you first watched Young Justice, you had kind of the same reaction. That it wasn't, you you know, you, you were excited about having Wally West, <laughs> but you were not, you weren't too sure. I definitely feel you should give it some more episodes. I really liked the storytelling. Um, and story storytelling is really important for me. Um, I like the dynamic between the characters. You know, they're not a happy-go-lucky team all the time. Yeah, uh, they do have their issues. Again, th- they do great things with those characters. Um, and it might be a little bit different because you are a big comic book reader, whereas I came to it much later. So mm-hmm. I haven't read a lot of the classic Avengers storylines. So that might be some stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with the storyline. I'm familiar with what they're doing with these characters. Whereas I was like, oh, this is pretty new for me. And this is really interesting. I will say it seemed that this show was going to do one of the things that delighted me about Young Justice, where it took not canonical characters from the comics and brought them in like the Grim Reaper shows up yeah. in one of the episodes I saw. Um, I know like, like you said, Miss Marvel's in it, um, which no, is... No, 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 no. Captain Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel. Actually, sorry. Um, you know what? I, I can't remember if she's called Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel. I think it is Captain Marvel though, which is a really the, does big she have distinction. The, does she have the unitard um, and the she, sash? She does have the unitard and the sash. I just... I'm pretty sure it's Captain Marvel. I think, yeah, no, I think she was Captain Marvel in the Unitard and Sash as well. Yeah. In the thigh boots. Ooh, bad look. She much improved uh, uniform. Much improved. Um, Better hair In the too. comics these days. Um, and I know like the Kree, the Kree scroll thing pops up later on. Yeah, and the Kree scroll thing is really like, if you don't want to read comic books, <laughs> but you want to know about stuff that happens in the Marvel Universe, watch this show. Because it goes through a whole bunch yeah. of... The Kree scroll War is a very, I think it's from the 80s, it's a very iconic Avengers story. Yeah, and the... they do it really well. So I am curious about that. You know, I love seeing, like like I said about Young Justice, I love seeing like the forever people show up yeah. um, in these weird, like forgotten, like the super, they managed to make the super friends work in Young Justice. So if Earth's Mightiest is going to take some of those characters as well, like even just, like you said, the fact that the Wasp is in it is dope. And I'm yeah. happy to see her in there. It does add a, in, in the comics as well, always did add a different uh, dynamic to, you know, dour manly punching (laughs) (laughs) and i just think also having a character like hank pym you're not used to pacifist characters Mm -hmm. um and having him be part of that and and sort of question what they're doing that's really important actually for a superhero television show to do um you can't have everyone be gung-ho about (laughs) you know punching the bad guys and doing it all the same way even t'challa like he has some issues with the way you know tony will deal with something and um that becomes an issue and i just think i really like the way that the characters work together and i mean for longtime nerds there are things in there that you will notice like one of Hank Pym's contributions in the early episodes is like the big house is an ironic name. It's actually a prison that's been shrunk down and the guards in the prison are Ultrons. Although they're not called Ultrons, they're called something else. Yeah. As we will recall, Hank Pym made Ultron. He was trying to build an AI and that's what Ultron became. So if you're a big nerd and you notice these things that look just like Ultron, you're like, Oh, that ain't going to end well later. Um, And, and and they very much like young justice things resonate. Right. Mm. It's not like um, back in the 90s when you had a television show, that episode would be like, 
all tidy by the end yeah. and everyone was friends and eating waffles like that doesn't happen yeah, episode two did a lot of that where it's like they they get the hulk they capture the hulk they put him in one of their prisons doc samson is there shouts to doc samson <laughs> he was always one of my favorite characters from the comic books and they're like taking banner's blood and banner's trying to get across to hawkeye like you know shields not just keeping us here for like to incarcerate us there's something bigger at work why do they want my blood there's no reason for that yeah um and so yeah they're they're teasing that there are bigger things that are going to play out and i do love me a good animated superhero show um it may be sort of thing where i'll have to like there are lists out there of like there are sites where people compile lists of like if you're gonna watch the show here's like not the cole's notes but like you can skip these episodes. This episode, this episode, yep. this episode, this episode. I can find one of those lists that's like takes these fifty two and strips it down into like twenty. Then, then I might, I might check yeah. it out. And you know, fair enough. Like I said, it wasn't my absolute favorite uh, cartoon ever, but I just thought, you know what? He likes comic books. He knows <laughs> a lot, these stories much better than I do. I wonder what Jordan will think. And it must be said, a big strike against it is just the fact that as far as animated goes, I am such a DC fanboy. Like, uh, this has been drilled into us for decades from, like, the days of Bruce Tim Paul Dini. Like, this is just what DC does well. And I Marvel is not known as well for doing animated stuff as well as DC. So, uh, I'm sorry. X-Men, Spider-Man... Both major shows in the 90s. Not for me. But not for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But I will give you that recently, definitely DC has been doing it really well. Like it felt like, to a certain extent, it felt like a a Marvel's attempt at doing a DC style show that at least in the first three episodes, they had not ironed the kinks out of yet. And that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, So if we're handing out kick punches... Give it like a six and a half, seven. Okay, that's pretty good. I mean, hey, it's... uh, It's not a fail. It's doing what it wants to do well, if you stand by it, especially on the Captain Marvel side of things. I know the Vision shows up later as well. Mm -hmm. Should be said, like these were done way before the Marvel Cinematic Universe was a thing. So the fact that the Vision or Captain Marvel show up at all is pretty cool. And I've got to say, I don't know um, how much this show has influenced... Um, fans of the Marvel Universe. Mm. But for me, it was a huge... It was one of the main reasons I fell in love with Captain Marvel. You know, besides the fact that I have obviously a crush on Jennifer Hale, let's just put it out there. Um, She, I mean, I, after that, wanted to sort of consume all this Captain Marvel media. And there was this big, you know, there's been lately this big push about Captain Marvel. And I actually think it was one of the reasons why so many people sort of started to take notice of this character. And now she is going to have her own movie at she, some point. She still should have been in Jessica Jones. You, I actually agree. I agree. <laughs> I think she should have been. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, if I can find one of those one of those lists out there that'll break it down into like a much more concentrated dose that removes maybe some of the filler, like wackier episodes that are in there keep the kids attention uh yeah i'm willing to check it out cool and i'm again a lot of this stuff we've you know sh- should probably um make the point that it is for children yeah. <laughs> like i mean let's be honest this is, this is not breaking bad levels of storytelling here i mean no. this is made for children as are let's be honest hot takes as are the comic books so yeah i mean manage your expectations um but if you are interested in watching 
Marvel stuff um, that will sort of give you some background and draws um, specifically from the comics. This is a really good show to watch. Yeah, and goes a little deeper into the mythology than what you'll get out of uh, out of the cinematic universe. Then yeah, it wasn't terrible. It just did feel a little, especially in the early going. I mean, Downey has ruined Iron Man for anyone. <laughs> so when you see this, that's what the point I was making about the like you know Chinese mall <laughs> action figures, where it's like, okay, this is Iron Man <laughs> quotations, but it's like some Jennifer Hale. Might be a fantastic voice actress. Uh, whoever's doing Tony Stark was not. So, especially in that episode, I was like, that's my tech. <laughs> I was like, and that's also my issue with Iron Man storytelling. Every Iron Man story is about like, Iron Man made some stuff and somebody stole it. Yeah. And they have to go get it back. That's but like, isn't that every movie? Too? That is every Iron, <laughs> it's like every Iron Man story. This is why I've only seen the first Iron Man movie. Somebody took Iron Man's tech and he won, and they're making bad stuff with it. That's <laughs> always the story about Iron Man. But like I said... First episode, I was like, Ugh. second episode was, hmm. and third episode was, hmm. There we go. That should, I don't even know if we should go with kick punches anymore. <laughs> we should just have you grunge <laughs> to the microphone. Grunts. So uh, was it a, uh, or a, hmm. This, so, this went from one to the other. So, I mean, hey, upward, upward mobility. So for both, for both series, I mean, definitely check them out if you're interested in that kind of thing. Um, and uh, for those You may you- have to get creative- uh, to see Earth's Mightiest. Oh yes, it, see, it used to was be on, on Net was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. Now is not. Don't confuse it. The crappier one is what you'll find oh. if you search for on Netflix. Do not watch the other. What Avengers. about uh, what about Agents of Smash? That's on there too. I don't even know what that is. It's like a bunch of Hulks. A bunch of Hulks. It's like the Hulk and the Abomination. And uh, is there She Hulk? Uh, I don't know. She Hulk needs to be in more stuff. Well, yeah. I just, I feel like there could be a a storyline with She-Hulk and like, oh, what's that fitness thing that everyone's into? (laughs) P90X? No, no, not CrossFit? CrossFit, that's it. I had a friend who was into CrossFit and that is honestly any, all she would talk about. And I just, I started calling her She-Hulk because she could just like lift giant things (laughs) off the ground really easily. It was very strange. She-Hulk had a very complicated role in my, in my pubescent awakenings. Oh, no, do not. Nope. Nope, we don't want to go there. Just saying. John, John Byrne was a big deal in the, in the early 90s. His take on She-Hulk. Oh, dear. This is back in the day. Do you know what they used to do? You'll love this. Fuck, if I ever go, if I go back home, I should see if I can find them for what, you. What did they used to do? They did... There were a couple things Marvel would do. They would do these special magazines, one of which was like a time, year, and review type uh, thing. Okay. They would do an issue like it was the Time Magazine of the Marvel Universe, and would like write news stories or like journalistic style stories about what had happened in the Marvel universe that year. Well, sort of as a like as though they were in that universe. Yes. Oh, so not even just about new writers or anything like that. It yeah. Just- so if there was like like the Mutant Registration Act was a was a, a storyline that year. They wrote like a news story about like what the Mutant Registration Act was and the repercussions of it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Like Charles Xavier, director of mutant activists and, st- and director of School for Gifted Youngsters said blah, 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 blah. And it basically gave you like a Wikipedia style plot synopsis of what was happening in the comics that year. That's amazing. And the other thing they did, they would do swimsuit specials. Of course they would. <laughs> so I definitely would. had like some Joe Jusco uh, painted she-hulk uh pinups and i'm and i'm and those were the days when there was like one lady who working there and she probably was making coffee yeah 
and couldn't be like, you know, maybe what we shouldn't do, we shouldn't do this. This is probably a little tasteless. Oh man, that's that's, um, that's I gotta find some of the I gotta find some websites for. I'll post I'll post them on the show pages if I can uh, if I can find any stories about them or galleries of them. Hey, they looked real nice, but it was like, let's get silver sable out there and in a two piece and a thong. Also, totally randomly, I've just been thinking about this. So there was an article about the ladies of Themyscira. Um, about the Spider uh, Spider Man, fuck Superman versus Batman. They had oh, they they put out sort of images of the women of Themyscira. Yes, as we said at the top top of the show, there's been that one promo image that's comes out. Yeah. By the way, um, sidetrack before you get into it. Oh. I didn't know Robin Wright was in this. Oh yeah. Very strange. I was like, is that Claire Underwood? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that's very weird to me. I don't. Um, she should not be in like the pantsless thigh high thing. I mean. They, of course she can be. I'm not saying. But so, sorry, no. This is the point. They're all in the pan- pantsless thigh high thing. Couldn't <laughs> yeah. one of them wear pants? One. I just want one lady to be like, I feel more comfortable in these stretch pants. As you said, if they have super durable skin, no, it they, makes sense. They can, but not everyone's comfortable, and they're still probably chafing. It's like metal on on flesh. Like it's still gonna be uncomfortable. Not even the thermoscarins are immune to skin tags, people. <laughs> See, there you go. Anyways, I think that's us. I think this is the sigh. The <sighs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, Business. Uh, you can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com/slash/GeekDownPod. If you follow us there, you will get an update every time a new episode goes live, as well iTunes. Subscribe. Yeah. So all you have to do. It's super easy. It's a big giant button there. You just click subscribe every time an episode goes live. It will be downloaded to your device, usually on Tuesdays at some point. Uh, maybe a little early this week. Uh, like I said, we're recording earlier. I've got some extra time. Um, as well, we have a Tumblr page, which is geekdownpod.tumblr.com, where the episode will be posted along with any other notes and links relevant to the episode and corrections for mistakes that we have made, which we haven't had recently. But if we do, that is where you will find them. We have a Twitter page. If you would like to communicate with us, you can do that at geekdownpod as well. We have a Facebook. We do. Caitlin's favorite thing in life. Almost. Not in life, but it's up there. Uh, Facebook.com slash geekdownpod. If you would like to conversate with Caitlin, that's about the only way you can do it. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I either won't get the message, I won't know how to respond, or I won't be paying attention. And I'll just say, in the interest of you know creating a dialogue with our listeners, um, Kayam, post it on the Facebook page. Stop just tagging Caitlin. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I love it. it. It gives me lots of entertainment and interesting things that I get to respond to. But nobody can see me do it. Yeah, nobody. And maybe they want to comment on it, too. So if you have something that you think we would be interested in, post it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, and if you would like to yell at me about anything specifically, you can do that on Twitter. I am at Jordan underscore Ferguson. Uh, I believe that's it. I think that's it. I think that's oh, everything. Huh? Oh, though, there is one exciting thing. Hmm. If you Google Geek Down Pod, we come up. <laughs> I would hope. Well, I just mean there there are other Geek Down things. That is true. Um, which 
I would just like to say we did not know the extent of the geek down thing Yeah. <laughs> before we made this podcast. But I did thoroughly check and they have all been left dormant. So I had no qualms about so there sticking that name. Um, but uh, if you Google it, will come up somehow, either Tumblr, Twitter, um, SoundCloud. So if you didn't catch any of what Jordan said or you couldn't get your pen out in time or you're <laughs> listening and you can't, you know, make a note for yourself on your phone, just Google it and it'll come up. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and as always, thank you to everyone who listens and tells us that you like what we're doing. We really, really appreciate it. Um, as we say all the time, or as I say, uh, this is the most fun part of my week. I greatly enjoy it. And it means a lot that y'all seem to be enjoying it, too. So. And uh, to put it more succinctly, hashtag Soups Hap. Soups Hap. And we hope you will join us again next week on Geek Yep. Yeah. See you then. Bye. Bye. You are having a fucking stroke. <laughs> I'm having a bad day. It's a bad memory day. Guinness. Guinness.